When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and welcome back to Talking Knicks, the happiest podcast you listen to. The Knicks undergo an 0-4 week, concluding their West Coast road trip. Times are tough. I watched a Duke basketball game this weekend, which I think counts as a scouting trip and hopefully insight into the future of Knicks basketball for now. I am joined by Tom Piccolo, and let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks Thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. And welcome back to Talking Knicks. Tom, I'm I'm not even I'm not gonna cute it up. I'm I'm not gonna keep it cute. I'm, I'm just going to shoot it to you. Tom Piccolo, you've, you've heard him on here. Hopefully you've seen his writings for the B-Ball Index, new article. Check that out. Thomas J. Piccolo, how you doing, buddy? Jake, I'm doing well. Um, I appreciate the, the early plug for B-Ball Index, but I, I got to say, I, I like it when you cued it up a little bit, though. I know you do. You always have. And maybe I will, but for how, how, was, how was the weekend, brother? Weekend was pretty low key. Um, you know, watched some, watched, watched some Knicks basketball. Watched some NFL playoffs. My younger brother just came over with his girlfriend. We had some drinks, had some dinner. Watched the the Saints beat the Eagles. That was an exciting game. But uh, yeah, in all, pretty pretty chill weekend. How about you? It was pretty low key myself. I I, I gave you some of the details. I uh, Saturday night. Last night, I had a couple adult beverages with my for- friend, former roommate, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't flashy. Just a couple, couple guys drinking drinking some whiskey. And uh, I, I got duped a little bit. Jeff, Jeff pulled a quick one on me. He said, uh, you know, we were guys exchanging texts about drinking. And he's like, why don't, why don't you come over here? We'll, uh, we'll watch, watch the end of the Cowboys game, and then we'll head out. I said, I said, sure. So I go over there, and young Jeff is watching the game on his phone. Right. And he has it, he has it propped up on his kitchen table. No. And he, he just gives me a, I'm sorry. There's no, there, was, there was no dipping and dodging around it. He was just like. Yeah, I kind of, you kind of took the bait on that one. <laughs> I wasn't mad about it. I was like, you kind of got me. I uh, <laughs> I ended up having a good laugh about it, and I was I was also tracking uh, my UConn men. Tom, we're in a tough OT game against Cincinnati. That ended with heartbreak. If you're a Cowboys fan, that ended with heartbreak. Heartbreak, heartbreak, heartbreak. Welcome to talking next. And then I told you we we went to the the local Czech bar, Sobo One Fifty One in Denver. If you're ever in awesome. town, 
you uh, hashtag ad. Second bar, besides that brewery you guys always mention, what's that brewery you guys have gone to like three times before the show? That would be Lasting Brass Brewery in Oakville, Connecticut. Shout out Lasting Brass. Yeah. But uh, I I mean, that that check bar is another good sponsor. A lot of alcohol and and it mixes with the the, uh, fan base right now during this season. So if you're ever near that check bar, check it out. Ooh. Oh. Oh God! Can't Cantor would have liked that joke. Um, yeah, and Tom, I think it is it is funny. We we could we could go back and forth and make drinking jokes and puns all day. Um, I I think it should be said that an idea we've had for this show is just do a drinking episode. And I, you and I both have high levels of appreciating comedy. Like if you and I were going in front of an open mic, we'd be embarrassed to go up there really drunk. Because that's, that's not the game. Like, that's, that's not how you bring it. It's not get drunk and be funny. It's be funny. Got to be sharp. Want. Yeah, you got to be sharp. You got to be on your toes. We've considered doing Talking Nicks with a good amount of adult beverages just, just as a coping mechanism. I don't know how sharp we have to be here or how, how sharp we've even been. So, uh, yeah, I mean, get a few drinks in us so that we can cue it up then. And the, the <laughs> you like that phrase. And the, the the product on the court hasn't been sharp, so I don't know why we have to be sharp, but we will, Tom. Um, and we'll try to cue this up as best as we can. Our Knickerbockers are now ten and thirty-three on the season. That is good for the second worst record in basketball to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tom, we. We started a West Coast trip, which had me shuddering a couple weeks ago, and it played out essentially how we expected, including this week with Portland. We lose there. We go to Golden State. I'll dose of the same. We come home. Indy and the Sixers, two of the better teams in the East, and four good teams overall knock us out. But, Tom, I, I don't know if you want to start in Portland. Blazers win 111-101. Yeah, well, the – the Knicks came out pretty well. Uh, first couple of quarters, they were just down one going into the half. Things kind of got away from them a little bit in the third quarter before they, they made a little comeback. But, uh, I mean, you know, you almost have to refresh your memory. Just their four games this week is a pretty pretty full week. I remember Hazonia and Cantor were a duo, an unlikely duo, who played well really all week. Well, Cantor only played the two games because of the hamburger fiasco. I'm sure we'll get to that eventually. Right. But, um, no, like, Hazonia and Cantor, I, I wrote about it early in the season. Like, they clearly just like playing with each other. They Cantor doesn't pass to anybody else on the team but a cutting <laughs> Mario Hazonia. And they, they got a nice chemistry. So it's, it's – I mean, I don't want to say it was fun to watch them cook, but at least it happened. But other than that, it was, it was a pretty balanced scoring attack. Moutier had 17, Cantor 18 – You'd like to see more from Kevin Knox. Had a really rough game, one of six from the field. Just finished with eight points. So uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. was just brutal in this one. Two of twelve from the field, one of seven from three. It was in all, it's just one of those games you you hope to forget, and I kind of have. Yeah, and Frank sat this game out. Uh, he had he had the ankle getting better. Yeah, there's there's just two yikes that jump off the page because otherwise we've got a pretty good box score here, Tom. I mean. Tim Hardaway, two for 12, is just a total wolf, 27 minutes. 
And then Knox in 22 minutes is a one for six. He does go to the line six times, and he makes uh, five of his six free throws. But, I mean, those are the two guys that we've kind of been <laughs> relying on for our scoring, and they don't bring it. But you're right. There were good efforts by Hazonia, good effort by Cantor. Moutier finishes with a pretty nice line, 17-7. and seven. Uh, And the Von Ley show goes on, 16-14. and 14, I mean, <laughs> Tom, I, I don't know. It, I was going to make a joke, but I, I already pulled up. Maybe I have been drinking. No. Um, I just think this is kind of funny. If, if you told someone 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that the Knicks were going to have two big men go out there, Von Ley gets 16-14, and 14, Cantor gets 18 and 14, and that this is an awful basketball team. I, I mean, it shows <laughs> where basketball is, and it kind of shows, I don't know, are, those are empty stats, right? There were definitely empty stats in there. Um, I think the, one of the biggest things was just like Yusuf Nurkic dominated, mm. especially to start. I mean, he ended up with 20 points in less than 20 minutes. Just seemed like they were they were keeping him on ice, like they didn't need him or something. But every time, I mean, he he was tough to stop. The Trailblazers guards were getting into the paint anytime they wanted. It was just, yeah, it, it, those numbers sixteen and fourteen, it, it, they don't really mean much. But uh, I don't know. It was nice seeing Vonley coming back to the, the team that drafted actually, or did the Hornets draft him? I want to. I thought it was Portland, but it. Uh, I'll, I I'll get Hornets, the research department. Yeah, I think the Hornets, he was drafted by the Hornets. Yeah, yeah, Hornets drafted him, but Portland gave him a, a shot, and so yeah, he he went in and and played definitely played hard. He was looking to to make his mark. He took thirteen shots. I, I don't think he was, really gets that many shots up normally, so it wasn't totally efficient. But you know, three of five from three, pretty legit. Um, I don't have, I don't have too much more to say about this game. Yeah, I I guess you know what I. What, I, I want to keep this episode positive, and man, no Von Ley, 16 and 14 from a 23-year-old power forward. We, we don't know how things sort out, whether he gets traded or if they extend him somehow, um, but the Von Ley story, I, I guess for all the negative stuff going around, has been pretty impressive. The, the guy looks really solid on offense and defense. We've talked about that, how that can be appealing for free agents going forward. It'll be interesting to see how the Vonley storyline plays out. Is this a guy that's going to be on the Knicks for the next five years, or is this just going to be a blip on the radar? And, hey, and enjoy wherever you go, Noah, my good friend. Um, Tom, the most interesting part about this Blazers game, the five bench players on the Blazers that played all played 22 minutes. That's yeah. fun. I wonder, yeah, look at that. They all play together the same 22 minutes? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I I know Portland is Terry Stotts, and then they're they're in the analytics stuff. So maybe there's what happened to Anan in those 22 minutes. Um, the Knicks leave Portland. They head up to face another <laughs> much superior team, a superior team to almost everyone in the league, and almost to every team that's ever played basketball. The Golden State Warriors, uh, 122 to 95. Uh, Another fun fact, I believe Golden State was favored by 17, which is the largest spread of the NBA season so far, Tom. That is a fun uh, fact. I'm having fun. <laughs> Nick, why are you doing this to me, baby? Um, quick box score check. Uh, we have four guys 
scoring in double digits off the bench. That is neat. Um, I'd say on the opposite side of that, we only had two starters finishing double digits. Um, at Cantor, <laughs> I, I want to rip this guy for having a bad sense of humor and for eating seven cheeseburgers and then missing the next game. And I will, but <laughs> if you had to point at a Nick and say who had the best game, it's back to Cantor and Hazonia. Yeah, a lot of Hazonia's points were in garbage time, but uh, the same. I mean, this whole game was pretty much garbage time from the tip. Um, I mean, we're talking about box score stats. Clay Thompson's jump out to me. Seven mm-hmm. of 16 from three, 43 points total, um, was plus 31 on the game. So, uh, yeah, this this one was another one that I didn't I, I didn't watch the entire thing because I didn't think it was really worth <laughs> the time. Um, you don't have to. No, I, mean, I didn't. Need, not not this one. Not the Warriors. Uh, just looking through the box score, Kevin Knox, another pretty rough shooting night. Was over four from three. Um, finished with twelve points. Was minus twenty four on the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not not a whole lot. I mean, Vonley is for as well as he did against Portland, or at least the the counting stats would say he really didn't do anything in this one. Finished with five points on one of two from the field. Uh, didn't take a single three-pointer, which is pretty weird for him. And then just minus, just minus twenty-eight in nineteen minutes. Yeah. So um, this may have been the least interesting game of the year for me. I mean, especially uh, with, with no Frank either. He was still out with the with the ankle injury at this point. So what am I watching this for? What? Well, why would I put um, myself through this? I'm not going to do it. I love that. I I think. I think on the NBA spectrum, you could say this is the least interesting game of the season for everyone. Yeah, no matter who's involved. Like, even Clay Thompson's parents were like, that's not – 43 is fine, but in this game, no one cares. Yeah, let, let us know when you when you do something, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick shoots 6 of 24 from 3. Um Clay goes off. Durant has a casual Durant game. Steph Curry is plus 36. Um, yeah, they're the Golden State Warriors. I, I mean, it's what we expected. And uh, Maybe my favorite stat from the, this game is the, the Warriors almost had three times as many assists as the okay. Knicks. Knicks finished with 13 assists to the Warriors, 36. Knicks still managed to turn the ball over one more time. Despite the left, you know, less passing. So um, this was a this was a brutal one. Yeah, this all, is all not a, Coach Fisdale. Take him in the tape and and be like, hey, what? Watch the video of this game and watch how Golden State plays basketball. Do that. I know we always laugh at like the, our team, the Knicks assist numbers. The, the leading assist guy was Emmanuel Moutier with four. Meanwhile, the Warriors had Steph Curry had 14 assists, Draymond Green had 10, Kevin Durant had six. That's three guys had more than our leading assist man. So that's not a good sign as far as playmaking goes, sharing the ball, playing the right way. Let, let me let me spin your your best out of the game. Steph Curry had more assists than the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, that's Is tough. That good. And the Knicks played all 48 minutes. <laughs> And there was about <laughs> there was ten of them <laughs> playing basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, just t- two teams in different tiers. Hopefully, uh, 
you know, hey, Kevin Durant said he likes Kevin Knox. So we got that going for us. Well, we'll get to why that there's a reason to like Kevin Knox. And for this, I mean, this Philadelphia game that they played today was incredible. But uh, we're not quite there yet. We just, we got one yeah, more to get through. We'll we'll sneak through it. We we leave Golden State. We come back home. Where you know, luckily, now on the season we're four and fourteen there, so we're defending our home court at least. But uh, we play the Pacers. Who at the Pacers were the team this week that no matter where you looked on sports media, everyone was saying, oh, the Pacers are underrated. This, this, if, if I was going to mark this week for the NBA season, I would list it as the Pacers are underrated week. And they're 28 and 14 after the Knicks, after they beat the Knicks. Um, I mean, Sabonis is becoming a Nick killer very quickly. Uh, 22 and 15. Hey, how are you? Uh, Oladipo, 8 of 13 shooting, 19 points. I mean, just efficient. They shoot 46% from three. Um, the Knicks, meanwhile, shoot 44% from the field. Uh, we, we do see Knox has a solid game here, 14 points. Um, again, like, who do I want to compliment? Manny Moutier. You, you put up 21, uh, only three assists. Again, Tom, there's no assists here. Damian Dotson leads the team with four assists this game. And I mean, that's not conducive to winning basketball. No, but at least the numbers were a little bit more spread out. They finished with 22 assists as a team. Um, you're just seeing like two from Hardaway Jr., three from Trey Burke, three from Luke Cornett, just two from Trier, two from Azonia. So at least like they, they had more guys getting involved in the offense in this game. Um, which is a little more encouraging to see. But overall, you're right. The, the Pacers were just – Sabonis, you mentioned the Nick killer. He, he's like a regular T.J. McConnell. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think towards the end of the season, maybe in the season with, with the way things are going for our Knicks. Um, but, yeah, maybe we do an all-Nick killer team because you're right. Right now the point guard would be McConnell and the big man down low is Sabonis. And they just – when they see the Knicks, they're like, payday. I'm I'm going to have one of my three best games of the year. Um, and I, that's a little unfair to Sabonis. He actually is having a really good season. Um, Pacers made, made out well in that Paul George trade. Um, surprisingly, Kyle O'Quinn returns. Him and Cantor probably exchange pleasantries. Um, again, and this Cantor doesn't play because he eats a lot of burgers, Tom. Should we just should we talk about it? Yeah, so do you want to explain what the, the situation was there? So, Enos Cantor, who runs, you know, one of the best IGs in the game, posts a nice, uh, a cute video of him. He goes, uh, it's his cheat day. We, we, we've all got him in our diets. And uh, he, he goes, he gets some burgers, and he puts down seven of them. Like, go get it, Enos. Good for you, big fella. You're a seven-foot hunk, a Turkish strong man. Go knock yourself out. The next day, our dude can't practice and play because of illness. Because he ate seven burgers the day before. I mean, this is this is impossible. Tom, I do the the John Boy and Jake daily radio show with, with my buddy John Boy there. And we wrote this down for the Tri-State Area News. And it was a more ridiculous headline than if we went in and wanted to make up ridiculous headlines. Man, 
I, like, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, this is such a bad look. Do you think it was food poisoning or do you think he just like got a stomach ache from eating too many hamburgers? Like, it's just, it's one of the most outrageous things I can even think of. It, especially with like all the stuff that he's been in the news about lately. It's been all very serious. Like take me seriously. And then it's, I'm going to eat so many hamburgers. I can't do my job for two games. Right. Like, but please respect what's going on in my home country. It's a very serious thing. Um, a dictator has taken over and it's horrific follow up. I can't play basketball today. Cause I ate too many cheeseburgers. Like I just, there's too much on the pendulum, Tom. I just, I'm, I'm done, and I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I really am. I'd rather watch Luke Cornett go get bullied, even though he played kind of well against the Sixers tonight, um, than just deal with it anymore. It just seems it's unnecessary. Like, I, I understand we're, we're rebuilding. I knew there was going to be a lot of losses this year. I mean, our – our best player was going to miss the whole season, which we can talk about that, Tom. That topic came up this week a little bit. But I don't know. I just – we're trying to build a stable organization. And when you have players missing games due to cheeseburgers, <laughs> that's not it. That's not it. Jake, if I said the name Jay Wellington Wimpy to you, does that, does that ring a bell for you at all? Jay Wellington Wimpy. Uh, it does not, Tom. And, he's, and like, a, he's a character from Popeye, the, the cartoon, like Popeye the okay. Sailor. And he's the character who kind of always has his eyes closed and he eats a ton of burgers. Okay. Then that's really what can't like, I want to make that Cantor's nickname in some way. I don't know if I okay. want to call him Wimpy, but I, I think I'm going to have to start calling him Wimpy if I can do a callback in, in future episodes. That's that's why I'm calling him Jay Wellington Wimpy from Popeye the Sailor Man. And this is talking Knicks. And this is why I'm sorry, people. I I don't want this voice coming out of me, but it's it's what the Knicks organization deserves right now. Um, and Tom, I, we did just mention it briefly there. Uh, Zinger, there were some rumors that leaked out um, from I think it, they leaked out from the G League, and it was another what was it? Another podcast? I believe you listened to it, wasn't it? Um, it was Howard, Be- Howard Beck's podcast, The Full 48. He had Zach Lowe on, and it, right. he, he'd made some offhand con- comment about hearing a rumor that there was some tension between Porzingis and management because they Porzingis thought he was going to be healthy in time to play this season, but right. it was in, management felt it was in the Knicks' best interest to hold him out for the remainder of the year and not have him play at all. So there was a little tension there. I, don't, I mean, I... It didn't really even sound like that on the podcast. It's very ambiguous. Um, yeah, it, I'm not going to put too much stock into that. That's that's pure speculation, I think, at this point. Do you care at all? And we, we actually haven't talked about this probably since the the early regular season episodes of Talking Nicks. Do you care if Cantor comes back this – or not Cantor, excuse me. Do you care if Porzingis comes back this year? I think, like, I would like to see him play a few games. I understand why it makes sense to completely hold him out, but I mean, the baseline is his health. Like, if he's not a hundred percent healthy, then obviously you sit him out entirely. But if he gets a hundred percent healthy, I would like to see him play 
even even if it's five five games, just to so he feels more comfortable going into the off season, um, on his leg, like knowing that he's capable of being out there and playing. So it's not kind of hanging over his head all summer, and then just seeing how he feeds off some of the other the younger players on the team, see how he meshes with them. It, it wouldn't say a ton. It wouldn't be like make or break f- five games. If, if Knox doesn't mesh with, with Porzingis, you're not going to make any judgments based on that. But just as a, like a, almost a thought exercise, just as out of a curiosity, I'd like to see how that works. Yeah. And Tom, I, I, I was on that same page and I think I might be off it now. I mean, a, we don't know the full health stuff. Um, and that's obviously what's most important. And I think coming into this year, I was kind of like, you know what? If I could get 10 games of Porzingis, just so him and Knox and Frank, they can all get some shots up together and see it. But now, we just talked about Enos Canner eating cheeseburgers for five minutes. I mean, it just seems like too much of a Knicks storyline to bring him back for five games to play 15 minutes a game. He gets hurt again, and we're devastated. So I... I don't know. I mean, now am I letting just <clears throat> the Knicks' bad culture pollute my brain and what I want to see? I guess so. I don't know. Uh, one thing I wouldn't really worry about is like, is Porzingis coming back and hurting their lottery odds? I just right. I mean, incorporating a, him, he's not going to be a hundred percent right away. I don't think, and or at least he wouldn't be in the within the flow of the game. Like, it'll take him some time to get back up to speed. I don't think his inclusion would really affect winning to such a degree that it would change the odds of it. Well, hey, hey, Tom, you're bringing up another really good Knicks storyline, though. Orzingis comes back, they win their last five. Knicks drop to the sixth pick. I don't know. I'll, I'll, out with the bad, in with the good. Out with the bad, in with the good. Um, so, so that's that. I mean, we'll hear. I know the Knicks organization last time said we'll we'll get a zinger update in February. So we'll, we'll hear then. Uh, Tommy, we, we do play the 76ers. This was earlier today. We're recording on Sunday. Um, and, hey, started out ugly. Uh, Philly dominates the first quarter. The fighting Knicks, they, uh, they make a game out of it. They, they come back, dominate the third quarter. Um, we're in a tight one down the stretch, more or less. Sixers end up getting the W, 108 to 105. Embiid has a – as a solid game, I mean, we don't really have anyone that can contain him. Ben Simmons' final box score, Tom. 20 points, 10 of 13 shooting, 22 rebounds and 9 assists, 2 turnovers. Oh, whoa. Um, and I mean, Jimmy Buckets, J.J. Redick. The Sixers are one of the premier teams in the East. Um, but we do see Kevin Knox, 31, Tom. Hambone. It was, it was an efficient 31 too. He looked, I mean, he wasn't taking bad shots. He was getting to the rim and, and finishing at the rim. I wrote in a column this week that I thought Kevin Knox should take it easy with the floaters. He just been, he'd been getting way too comfortable taking that, those little flip shots from like call it eight to 10 feet out. And I wanted to see him really get into the rim more. He, he'd taken like twice as many shots from floater range as he had from his, from a, at the rim in the restricted area in the last eight games or so. So it was really good to see him aggressively get into the rim and just finishing, like taking absorbing contact, finishing through guys. 
He was knocking down his threes. He made a, a huge step back three towards the end of the game that, that got the Knicks um, within with, with a fighting chance towards the end. And uh, it, it was an exciting game, especially Knox. He's 19 years old. He played 40, almost 44 minutes. I don't know yeah. if, that's, if that's great, but uh, he, he didn't seem to tire out. He was still going strong at the end there. So that was, that was definitely an encouraging game to see from Knox. Yeah, and I guess I, I, I was going to give a cheeky Matt at the 44 minutes, but he, he is 19 if, if there's going to be a time in his life when he can do the 44 minutes. And it's a game he's rolling and getting buckets, and that's what we've asked of Fisdale is to play the young guys especially. Man, this is a big-time box score, 12 of 23, 4 of 9 from 3, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 31 points. Uh, really nice of Knox, man. I mean, he, he looks – he looks good. It's it's a unique scoring scoring style. He can drive a little. He can shoot. Uh, he can kind of create enough on his own um, off of the wing. Um, and hey, our our buddy Frank Nilekina, uh, twenty eight minutes, six assists, eight points. Okay, Frank. At least you're getting in there and mixing it up. Two steals and a block. We like that. Um, Dotson with nah. I was gonna say efficient, but he was out there for 36 minutes. Tom, Tom, do we have? Do we need to have a Luke Cornett conversation? I was. I'm ready to actually. So let's I, do I, it. I, I want to make one more point on Knox. Okay. We just talked about he played 44 minutes, so that means he play. He did not play for four minutes. He was plus 11 in his 44 minutes. That means that means they were minus fourteen in those four minutes without without Kevin Knox. Like the team just seemed to fall apart when he wasn't on the for those few minutes he wasn't yeah. on the floor. That's pretty remarkable. Cornette and Knox's plus minuses are currently blowing my mind. And in, in a game the Knicks the Knicks lost by three, and Noah Vonleh has a minus thirty two. Luke Cornette has a plus twenty five. Well, and Jake, you, you mentioned earlier that there's really no one on this Knicks team that could stop Joel Embiid. And on most nights, I'd say that's completely true. But Luke Cornett really gave Embiid problems. Like, he was just a big, long body who was kind of just standing there for most of the time. And he wasn't afraid to get out on the, on the perimeter to contest Embiid, who, who likes to take a, a few threes and some longer twos. He likes to jab step on the perimeter. And, and Cornette was just – he was always kind of there. He was just lurking around at all times. And it was it was really obvious that he was frustrating Embiid. Embiid kept, like, throwing elbows into his face and head-butting him. It, it, it was really aggressive. And uh, Cornette uh, drew a flagrant foul from Embiid on one play. It was it was very clear. He, he kind of got in Embiid's head a little bit. Noah Vonley, on the other hand, he was just – he's frankly, he's too small. He's an undersized center. Um, against a lot of centers, he can get by with his leaping ability, his long arms, and his strength. But Embiid's just way too big that uh, that was not a viable option. So you need someone with Cornette's size. And, man, he, he stepped up. He, he played really well on defense. And it's – I'm trying to phrase this without offending the Cornette family, who I'm sure tunes in. I mean, this guy wasn't viewed as a high-talent player. He's kind of – he's got a little YMCA vibe to him. He's got the knee pads. He's, he's 
the the big white guy that can shoot. Um, there, I'm sure there's. I could dig up tons of scouting report that says he doesn't have the speed to play in the NBA. Tom, I don't really care because I'll tell you what. He's seven one. He was seven of thirteen from the field, three of eight from three. He got to the free throw line eight times. He also had five helpers, Tom, five assists from Luke Cornett. And, I mean, maybe his basketball IQ has gotten overlooked, or, I mean, maybe (laughs) – I was going to say maybe he's one of the shiniest turds we're looking at right now. But give me some Luke Cornett minutes. Why not? It's it's one of the upsides of when your other center eats too many hamburgers. So it was nice to see Cornett. Get that, get that chance, and you know he actually he had an opportunity to hit a three to like tie the game kind of late when the Knicks were making a run, and it didn't go down. But I was so sure it was going to go in, so it's just I already have this confidence in Cornette when he's shooting. It just the stroke looks right. He does it so effortlessly, and I mean he's a he's a very legitimate pick and pop threat. That's gonna I mean. People have said he's kind of like a, a Porzingis light in that he stretches the defense from the five position and he can kind of protect the rim a little bit. I don't know how true that's been for on like on the whole for the whole season, but in this game in particular, he was good defending the rim and he he was really strong on offense too. 23 points, like you said, five assists. Just the five rebounds though, which is a little concerning. I did write in my uh, my column this week that he's one of the worst rebounding bigs in the league. He, uh, when he's on the floor, the Knicks become just like the worst rebounding team in the league by a wide margin. So there, you know, it can't all be good, but uh, <laughs> you know, it is Luke Cornett at the end of the day, but he, he can provide some real value. I mean, he shouldn't be a starting center in the league. I guess he didn't start in this one. Vonley did, but uh, yeah, he, he could definitely be a rotation big going forward and that's what you want that's exciting stuff yeah and it's interesting i there's definitely has to be some creative pairing that you can do where you could have him on the court with someone i i i don't know you can find a power forward who's going to rebound for you well that that is noah vonley no vonley is a great defensive rebounder so um i don't i don't think that their numbers so far together have been very good but on paper like that that pairing makes sense to me. Right. The one that jumped into my head was Kylo Quinn from last year. I mean, if you had Kylo Quinn and Luke Cornett in kind of a second unit, that's a fun kind of big combo um, that you need. Tom, I'm 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 gonna have to get the actual fun with stats going, but th- this year Luke Cornett has played one, two, three, four, five games where he's gotten twenty-four or more minutes. And in those games, Tom, 13 points, 23 points, 14 points, 19 points, 23 points. I mean, we're talking about a guy averaging about 16 points when he plays 24 minutes or more. Um, The rebounding is a little troublesome. He also has three five-assist games. So uh, call me crazy and maybe, (laughs) you know, I need to use my league pass a little better and watch some other teams. But Luke Cornett has a role in this league. Yeah, no, no question. I was, I'm a little curious about those assists. I, I want to see if, like, when I watch them, if they'd actually be legit. So I, I was just p- 
pull them up right now. <laughs> Quite literally looking at them. Literally right? watching them to see oh. if, like, you know, if, if he's actually making nice passes or if they're kind of just those assists that don't mean anything. I'm just – Sure. Yeah, he had a nice pass and transition to Knox for a three. Um, I'm not going to go through them all, but, I, you know, just just a curiosity. But Yeah, I'm, we, we, we found a little avenue for you for you to search down to see if significant or not significant. He did a little dribble handoff with Frank Nilakina, who had that really fun Euro step when he lost his shoe. Did you, did you see that? Right. Yes. Lost his shoe and then sprinted back on defense. That was fun. Um, <laughs> and, and you and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Frank before. He was really aggressive in this game. Like I would imagine he didn't settle for nearly any mid-range jumpers. I don't remember him doing it at least. He he was dead set on the, on getting to the rim and really attacking Embiid, which I was shocked by cuz he has been more tentative around lesser rim protectors. So um someone told Frank to, to get after it. And, and, you know, he was only four of 11 from the field. That's not great, but I love the mindset. Um, not, not settling for, for mid range jumpers, not settling for too many threes. He did go O of two from the free throw line. That's kind of frustrating, but all in all, eight points, six assists, zero turnovers. I, I'm happy with that for Frank. Yeah. And isn't that funny that the O for two from the free throw line, if he makes those, we're probably sitting here saying, Man, Frank Frank goes for ten and six, two steals. You know he was aggressive. We're we're probably it would it would amplify it just that much more of how happy we or satisfied we'd be with this game from Frank. And I I don't know, man. The twenty eight minutes that's just what I need to see. Like I I can be mad at Frank if he's got one of those box scores that's twenty eight minutes, one of three from the field, two assists, one turnover. Then I can say, Frank, you were out there for 28 minutes and you didn't do anything, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you give him these minutes and even you give me this box score, this is a step. I mean, and this is what we're supposed to be doing with the, the 18th youngest player in the league or whatever he is. So um, I'd like to see more of that. And, Tom, I, I, I didn't want to go to another negative note, but I, I think it is deserves to be mentioned. No, it's a name we haven't mentioned in a positive light in a long time. Is it Alonzo, Alonzo Trier? Oh, Trier, yeah. Um, I mean, talk about coming hot out of the gates, and now I'm looking at these box scores. I've got no points in 12 minutes against the Sixers. I've got five points in 16 minutes against the Pacers. Uh, he, he had a solid game against Golden State, but again, that <laughs> – I think we said that whole game was garbage time, which is which is tough, which is tough but fair. And then it, in 13 minutes, he has two points against Portland. So I don't know. Uh, it feels like one of those rookie slumps that we see a lot of first-year players come through, where they they have a stretch of the season where I don't know if it's the demand or if the tape is out on them and teams start catching up. But it seems we haven't heard a lot from Iso Zo in a little bit now. Yeah, he's uh he's only averaging he's shooting 16% from 3 in these last 4 games. Yeah, he's he's just struggling with his shot mostly. I, the guy doesn't struggle with confidence. He still he still gets his shots up when he's out there, but uh they're they're not falling. He's not 
he's still attacking the rim, but he's not really getting calls. He hasn't been getting the free throw line hardly at all lately. Um, and I think that that could be a rookie thing, like just needs to get some respect from officials. And, uh, you know, we, we saw early on when he was playing really well that teams were sending double teams his way just because they didn't – well, one, is kind of a sign of respect, but also that it was a little sign of disrespect too because they didn't trust that he could find the open man. And so I, I think – that kind of mess with them a little bit. So he just needs to find a good balance of being able to find the openings when he's able to create space and, uh, and creating for himself as well. He just, he hasn't been good recently. That's not, it's not shocking. He's a rookie. Yeah. I mean, it's not a hard knock. It's just, uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's something to keep an eye on to see maybe if he, he can kick it back into gear or find more of a role, or maybe he finds, needs to find some different parts of his game that they, the teams don't have tape on so he can um, work on some different things. We did have, I, I mentioned it briefly, Tim Hardaway with a little hamstring injury. He missed the Sixers game. Um, Tom, I, again, I don't want to spin the negative, Bill. I know you've been a, a little a little more down on Timmy lately from what you've been seeing. A lot of, a lot of hollow box scores from our guy, um, averaging 15.8 and shooting 37 Point six percent from the field in his last ten. Um, I, I don't know. Is there anything you need to get off your your chest on Timmy? As long as he starts getting back to the free throw line, uh, he'll start having some more value again because that's that's a huge part of his game. That in in attacking in transition, and he hasn't been as good in transition. He's, I mean, in terms of both frequency and efficiency, he's not doing it as often, and he's not when he is. He's not making as many shots as he did last year. Um, I, I had some game tape of him just not passing on fast breaks. He was just sort of taking himself. He kind of thinks of himself as this alpha scorer, and now he he just takes it too too literally and uh, right. fails to find the open guy uh, in the open court. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been really bad. There's no doubt about it. I, I think part of it might be the plantar fasciitis he was dealing with. Now he's got this hamstring thing. Hopefully he takes the, this time off and he's able to heal both those things up and he'll start attacking more in transition and getting to the line more. Yeah, and I, I know we do, we've said it a few times, he doesn't have the help that he truly needs out there. But I, in the month of January, I mentioned the last 10 games, in the month of January he's averaging 13.6 points and 1.2 assists, Tom, which – I'm I'm sorry. I mean, you can be a an off-ball scoring guard, but for what Tim Hardaway does, he needs to be getting two, three helpers a night. Um, and I I think having the rock as much as he does in a thirty-minute game, that he should be able to stumble into that. And I mean, one assist per game in his last, you know, four games, um, two games without an assist, Golden State and Portland. That's a uh, that, that's kind of the biggest red flag for me. The efficiency stuff, I can kind of get with the unit he's rolling with, but the assist numbers, thats I, I think that's unacceptable, and I think that's fair to say, no? No, I think that that's a really good really good point. He, for as high usage of players he is, how often the ball is in his hands, you know, we, we just – I actually did end up going through all of Luke Cornett's five assists, and some of these are barely even assists. Like, you, they'll hand a ball off, and the, the offensive player will go – practically go ISO and they'll still get credit for the assist. So Cornette did have one really nice pass, by the way, to Moutier on a, uh, on a backdoor cut. But for the most part, I'd say four of those assists were like, meh, like barely even, 
registered in my mind as assists. You'd think THJ would, like you said, stumble into some of those, but uh, <laughs> just hasn't really put himself in that position. Right, and I mean, we're, talk- we're, we're talking about watch Golden State and how they play. Hey, it, maybe Luke Cornett moving the ball in the offense <laughs> is how he's becoming one of the better passers on the team, well, in today's game at least. Um, I, you know, catch the net, everyone. Keep, keep the offense moving past the ball. There's a reason you're running it. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. Tommy, um, we're, we're, we're in a skit. We're, we're in a serious, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to count them for you, Tom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we've lost 12 of our last 13. And one, two, three, four, five. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think is it 18 of our last 20? I, I, I might have miscounted there. You know I've never been a numbers guy. <laughs> I'll, say th- I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll let you go where you want with it. Um, it's tough. It, it's tough to be a fan of any team, even if you know you're rebuilding and, and see a team do this. I will say this, Tom. How, how many years – there was a couple years ago where Nador, am I saying that right? He hit the game-winning shot, which moved us down a spot in the lottery. Mm-hmm. Had all of our lottery complaints throughout the years. Tommy, we have the second-worst record in the league. Yes. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, and it's looked like it. Um, we're 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 tied with the Bulls. Hawks are a couple games up on us, which you could tell from my voice that that was a little bit of my soul leaving me. Uh, the Suns are one game ahead of us. Tom, I will say this: as I mentioned this earlier in our show, or maybe I would just mention it to you before the game. But I I watched Duke, and they have a couple guys, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, which when it turns into February. In March, and we're really looking <laughs> – we're searching through another Knicks losing streak. These guys may be our hope because, Tom, Zion, everyone's seen the clips now. He's he's a walking YouTube video. We're not fully sure how the game translates, but he's an absolute freak, and I think any team would be glad to have him because he can essentially be a two through four guy and do a lot of things for you, worst case. Um it was my first time watching R.J. Barrett, the, the gentleman who's projected to be number one. And, Tom, he is smooth. He has an NBA game, step backs, good handle, good shooter. Uh, the guy that I need to do my research on is Ja Morant from Murray State. He's a yep. projected top three pick. But everyone likes these guys. <laughs> everyone likes these guys. Tom, it's looking like we've got a good chance to be a top three pick. And I I guess I'm excited about that because let's be honest, if we want this to play out how we do, if we end up with a top three pick in that cap space, I mean, I'm not going to say the one pick because that's too many lottery balls. But I think if we're, I think if we're getting Barrett, Zion or Morant, I think there's a high possibility 
that we're going to get a big name free agent to come into town because now we really have a talent pool forming and that is the goal. So should I not be sad at all? It's tough. Like with these big name free agents, a lot of times rookies just take time to develop. Like you wonder how patient someone like Durant's going to be. I, I could see Zion actually being a positive impact player right away. Just, just with his pure size and athleticism and, and his basketball IQ. I, frankly, I've, I have only watched the highlights of him. I haven't watched a full Duke game. Um, it's, a, it's hard for me to sit down and watch a, a full college game. But, uh, you know, I've also heard Cam Reddish's name thrown around, and I know he hit that game winner. Maybe was it the game you watched? Uh, it was Florida State. He um he he's been struggling to shoot this year, but yeah, he's a I mean six nine wing scorer type. Um, that I just think his I, I think his problems have literally just been shooting the ball and putting it in the basket, which is a big part of it. <laughs> but uh, also also very talented and. Definitely a chance to be a top five pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen too much of um, Morant, like you mentioned, but I, I've read some really good things. Um, I've also heard some Dennis Smith Jr. comparisons that are a little less flattering. But I mean, sure. DSJ might be good too. We, it's still jury's not uh, jury's still out on him. But uh, I'm with you the, as far as just getting through this season and and just holding on to that hope for a top three pick because it seems like there's the draft is pretty top heavy this year and if that pick falls out of the top three that the the talent drop off might be pretty great so um yeah it's it's all about just just hoping for that for that top three pick and the knicks are putting themselves in position to do it yeah and they they truly are in position to do it, which I, I do say in a negative light and a positive light, because you, um, I, I was gonna say it's a talent-driven league, like that's a hot take, Tommy. Um, but I don't know. I guess I, I get. I guess I was starting to put a bow on this, and I think if if you're a Knicks fan and you're starting to have some low moments, which I have been. Go watch a little Zion tape. Go watch a little R.J. Barrett. Go watch some John Morant with me. I'm going to be doing that. Maybe I'll put a couple videos on the internet. Um, stay, stay strong, because the rest of this year is going to be tough, Tom. I, I know you're talking to the audience, but I needed to hear that too. And uh, I think I will go watch some Zion videos after this, because uh, I'm, I'm a little down, a little down. Dude, the, the 360 dunk video... There's one angle that I just love. It's from the opposite end of the court, and one of his teammates like goes up with him for the dunk, but he's about sixty feet away from him. It's it's I I love it. I mean that's that's what basketball is for me. Um, well, besides the besides the six seven monster dunking, because I've never seen that live. Um, but uh, yeah, we we will see. Tom, what um. You, you have the form. Is there anything else you need to tell Knicks Nation or anything else you want to talk about um, that's going on with this Knicks team or, or maybe a little bit more about your B-Ball Index article? Um, just going through the, the article, I talked about the rebounding. Stop watching Luke Cornett's passes, Tom. Sorry, I know you caught me again. Uh, <laughs> I wrote a little thing about uh, Noah Vonley's scoop shot. Have you watched him do this? 
The scoop. Oh yeah. The scoop. He's just added that into his repertoire. He's fun. Um, Oh, I, I wrote about Dotson full on sprinting around screens and put in a couple of videos of that, which is like, he really does sprint so much harder than everyone else on the team. Just you compare them and it's not even close. So like, that's just an, it's an easy way to just create space for your teammates and would love to see Fizdale really uh, just pressure the guys to start sprinting around screens, even if they don't expect the ball, like especially when they don't expect to get the ball. Right. Um, I, I'd like to see more of that. Um, but yeah. I, about and Tom, I know, I know Ken usually hypes him up, but we, we just talked about Luke Cornett getting assists. Uh, he threw up a straight clunker against Golden State, 0 for 7. That's that's going to happen some nights. But his past two games, I mean, he plays 36 minutes tonight, which, again, at the end of the day, the stats aren't that impressive. But he gives you 8, 5, and 4. Eight points, five assists, four rebounds. He only took five shots, so it's not like he was hogging the ball. But we're, we just talked about Tim Hardaway needing to, to just to stumble into some of these stats. And then the game before against the Pacers, Damian Dotson in 28 minutes, four of seven shooting, three of five from three, four of four from the free throw line. He puts up a 15, six, and four in 28 minutes. So uh, I just, how are we seeing this? And we still haven't seen Fizdale fully rewarding this. Is, is that an unfair statement? I'm going to reserve judgment on that one, I think. Okay. Yeah. I- I mean, Hazonia has been playing well too recently. So you want this to be a completely merit-based situation. So who, who should be – I mean, Dotson will be seeing more minutes with Tim Hardaway Jr. out for as long as he is. And hopefully he can continue to show some stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have too much more on my end. I will say on Thursday I'm going on Nick's Film School's podcast to talk there. So I'll plug that early on here and see uh, – who knows what we'll be talking about there. Hopefully, I think we just had one game coming up this this upcoming week. It's the one in, in London. Is that right, Jake? Yeah, we have the one London game coming up. Um, Cantor won't be there for very serious reasons, and I still want to make a burger joke, but I won't. Um, but, yeah, the, the boys are heading to London uh, Thursday playing uh, Washington there. And it is their only game this week, which is which is interesting. I know there's a lot of travel, and I'm sure there's other events around that. Um, you you wonder if the extra practice time, coaches always eat that up. We wonder if we hear some quotes about that. But, yeah, only the game against Washington. Um, and we're in the little homestands. Well, <laughs> outside of London. After London. Uh, well, they got a couple there. But uh... we'll, we'll come back to Oklahoma City and Houston after that. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean – it's tough, though. I know we're trying to expand the game globally, and that's why they do these London games, but what is a Knicks-Wizards game going to do for the folks of London? I just feel bad for them. That is, that's a tough watch. That's a tough yeah, watch. Uh, yeah, you'd like to uh, – and especially when one of the international players is refusing to travel for the game due to safety reasons. Uh, NBA, you missed a little on that one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm open to global expansion, but uh, I, we we may have missed that one. Hey, give, give them a good game, guys. Um, and Tom, I uh, I I 
I'm expecting you to give me tons of love on Nick's film school and only talk about me because I gave you that cornet passing stuff. But also, my little tidbit I want to send you on, and I don't know if it's a wormhole or not, Mario Hazonia steals? Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this, Tom? Mario Hazonia, two steals against Philly, five against Indy, three against Golden State, three against Portland. So in his past five games, he's averaging almost three steals a game. Um, so I don't know. That's another, hey, when when it's late at night and you're done looking at Luke Cornett pass the ball, you can go check out some of Hazonia's steals for me and let me know if it's good defense or if it's just <laughs> luck of the Irish. Luck of the Croatians. No, I, I will. Uh, I'm definitely going to check that out now that you mentioned it because that's a pretty surprising stat for me to hear. Um, I definitely noticed one today, but uh, that's it's pretty impressive. So he's not exactly known as a, for his defense, and uh, you know I'm I'll definitely I'll check it out and let and talk about you on Nick's film school too. Yeah, mostly me and not Mario Azonia. Um Tommy, I think that's all on my end, brother. Um, I'm I'm glad we did this. You you know, coming into this, I was a lot more pessimistic than I normally am, but I think it was good. I think there was a there was a therapeutic side to this. I'm ready for those Zion Williamson videos. Bring them on. <laughs> Cornet assist, Azonia steals, Zion Williamson dunks. Um, I got my homework. And it, if you've been listening, go check them out too. And if you could, leave us a review. Um, write down Hazonia gets five steals against Indy. And, and maybe I can get you a Neil Aquina shirt or something like that. Um, if you have been listening, thank you so much. Uh, leave a five-star review. Um, for myself, uh, for Knicks Nation, <laughs> keep keep on keeping on. Get, watch 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 a couple Duke games. That'll that'll make you happy. Um, otherwise, enjoy the London trip. Uh, for Thomas Piccolo, thank you. And uh, from myself, everyone listening, thank you guys. And we'll uh, we'll be talking to you next week. And uh, let's let's go Knicks.